This podcast contains swears. Okay, let's crack into it. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Welcome to a very special episode of Femme Fucking Tastic, where I will be talking about neither fantasy novels nor the femmes contained therein. We are stepping completely outside of our wheelhouse today um, for reasons. <clears throat> it has come to my attention that many of you, many of us, may be feeling particularly anxious or stressed out today. Uh, so I am here to give you some distractionary content in the form of election banter. Not that election. I'm going to be talking about Te Manurungunoi o Te Tau. That is the Forest and Bird, Bird of the Year 2020 election. I have got some wine to get me through. It is a Brown Brothers 2019 Dolcetto and Syrah. And as you may be able to tell from the name, it's very fucking sweet. So I'm definitely going to get a case of the sugar shakes later on. Um, This is a very last minute impromptu episode. So there will be very little structure. There will be zero editing. We're just going to... I've thrown together some notes in the last hour and a half. They're not super coherent, but I'm not here to be educational. I am here for some shit yarns and to just help you get through your afternoon, evening, whatever, wherever you are. Okay, so full disclosure, I am not a birder. I don't work in conservation. I just enjoy the bird of the year. Okay, so what in the fuck is bird of the year? It's exactly what it sounds like. So from Wikipedia, Bird of the Year is an annual election-based competition run by Forest and Bird, that is the Royal Forest and Bird Protection Society of New Zealand, to elect a Bird of the Year in New Zealand. Uh, it's to, it just raises awareness and support from many native birds, uh, several of which are threatened or endangered, largely due to predation by introduced species and habitat loss. Uh, Forest and Bird have been running Bird of the Year since 2005, and like all elections, it has not been without its fair share of scandals. So, in, sorry, oh my god, that is disgusting, I'm so sorry, hang on a second. Okay, so, <clears throat> in 2015, two teenagers from Auckland made over 200 fraudulent votes for the Kōkako, They used their father's business account to make fake email addresses and submit votes. Um, The Kōkako then actually went on to win in 2016, and it is one of my personal favourites, and we will get to it. Uh, Then in 2017, the competition suffered a further voting scandal when 112 fraudulent votes were made for the white-faced heron. Um, Those votes were made using... It was bots... They were submitted by bots, and that was traced back to Christchurch. And then in 2018, we got international interference in the Bird of the Year competition, and it was it it made like news headlines. It was a huge deal, and it was honestly like the best publicity that Bird of the Year could have gotten because it's been very, very, very popular. It's like it's just the the popularity of Bird of the Year has been huge since then. Um, there was. Uh, some data company, a scrutineer was brought in to like help prevent further voting scandals after 2015 and 2017. Um, but there were, in 2018, there were 310 fraudulent votes placed for the shag, which were traced back to Australia. 
Uh, and it, it, it always gives me a good giggle. Also, of all birds, why would you pick the shag? I just... It's such an... Uh, why? <laughs> of all birds that you could have picked, why would you choose the shag? Apart from the fact that it's got a funny name. Um, I'm going to talk about some of my personal favourite burbs. So, like I mentioned, uh, there was the kōkako. I think they're super pretty. They're like this dark storm cloud grey with these bright blue wattles. And I think they're wattles. I think that's what they're called. Those like bits by their beaks. Um, and like a black mask. It's like very striking. Um, but they're they're really cool. Uh, they are, Their status is that they're recovering. I think they recently had a very successful breeding season in the Hunua Ranges after a big 1080 drop. And so I would really like to hopefully one day in the near future go up there and do some walks and hear them because they have the most interesting calls. Um, like I said, they they won in 2016 and I will I will likely be voting for them again this year, but they'll be lower on my priority list. Um, they, anyway, they kind of sound like a cross between like, someone tuning an oboe and experimenting with the mute on a trumpet, which is not a particularly like beautiful description. Like that doesn't make them sound as beautiful as they are. But I just I think they have one of the most stunning, the most haunting calls of of all of our birds, and I strongly recommend looking up some recordings of them. I could insert some here, but like I said, this is last minute slapped together. I I can't be bothered figuring that out today. So go and look up Google Kokako calls because um, they're, they're just very unique and I love them. Uh, there is also a South Island Kokka. There's a, a South Island version. They're probably extinct. Uh, that's kind of under contention they've been they've been redesignated as data deficient so there was an accepted sighting in uh, 1967 and since then they were declared extinct but their conservation status has been moved to data deficient since there was an accepted sighting on the west coast in 2007 so like maybe they're still out there maybe they're not kind of just they're very similar to the North Island version, but they all like in addition to the the like bright blue bit. There's also like a bright orange bit. Um, but yeah, very very similar bird, and they're one of my favourites. Um, another one that I am very fond of is the Titi Ponamu. Their status is that they're at risk, and they're so tiny. They're like teeny teeny tiny itty bitty weeny. Like they're, they're our smallest bird. And like, I mean, I can tell you how, what, how like their measurements and stuff, but I just it doesn't convey how sweet they are. So they they grow like up to nine centimeters in length. So they're little, and they weigh like six grams, six fucking grams. That is one and a half teaspoons of sugar in weight. They're so tiny. I've never seen one in person, but they have one like on display there's like a stuffed one at Te Papa and like honestly I sit there and I just I stand in front of the cabinet going because they're so cute I love them 
Um, I think um, socially, I think they're, they're pretty interesting as well. Like, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read this like directly from NZ Birds Online about their breeding patterns. So, uh, pairs can raise up to two broods per season, with more attempted if any nests fail. So they get busy. <laughs> the male does most of the nest building, and both sexes contribute to incubation, nestling, and fledgling care. Uh, incubation of the two to five eggs takes about 20 days, and chicks leave the nest when about 24 days old. Uh, riflemen breed, oh, that's their English name is riflemen. Uh, riflemen breed in cooperative family groups in both subspecies, where related offspring of both sexes help to raise siblings from subsequent clutches. Side note, um, I find this like super cute, but not in humans. In humans, that is a shitty thing to do. Do not use your kids to raise your younger kids. It's bad, okay? Just don't fucking do it. But we're talking about birds, and in birds, it's a bit cute. <laughs> so back to the quotage. Uh, help provided by related individuals results in increased juvenile recruitment at helped nests. Unrelated helpers may also assist with breeding and are thought to gain pairing opportunities from helping. I just thought that was really neat. Like They're just a very communal, you know, it takes a village kind of bird. A little bit cute. And they're like bright green. and I just love them. I love them so much. <laughs> uh, another bird that I'm a bit of a fan of is the Kareareya. So they, their status is, although there's a couple of different ones, they're the southern branch variety breed um, is threatened and the bush and eastern subspecies are at risk. Um, so the Kareareya is on our $20 note. And they are fast as fuck. Like, they can, they have been clocked reaching flight speeds of 230 kilometers per hour. And if you're American, that is 142.9 miles per hour. That's it, so fast. It is <laughs> so fast. They're fucking cool. Um, unfortunately, though, they are, you know, like I said, they're, they're threatened and they're at risk. Uh, despite being a bird of prey and a very effective hunter, they are a threatened species. Um, and so it's thought that they're not great at defending their nests, um, probably because the things attacking their nests are largely introduced species. That is cats, mustelids, so like stoats, ferrets, whatever, whatever, um, rats and hedgehogs. Side note about hedgehogs. Um, so I have some American friends who moved here, um, I think like two years ago, two years, something like that. Anyway, um, the, the first time they saw a hedgehog, they thought that it was someone's beloved pet that had escaped. And they were very concerned about this little hedgehog that was just out snuffling around on its own. Um, here in New Zealand, hedgehogs are not pets. They are an invasive introduced species they are pests they're very cute but they are not our friends we don't like them here in their home context where they're from where they are indigenous very cute great we don't need them no thank you uh i guess i kind of have to talk about a kiwi of course my personal favorite is the tokoeka the southern brown kiwi which is threatened. 
Um, in my opinion, it is the cutest of our surviving kiwi species. They're just they're hmm. I should, I'll try and link up some like pictures and stuff because I've I swear our birds are so fucking cute. Like I don't know how our birds ended up so different from Australian birds when they're like right over there. Like they got the fucking ugly. I mean no, not necessarily. Well, yeah, no, they got fucking ugly birds in Australia. They got some pretty ones too, but like some of their birds are hideous and they have the ugliest bird calls of like all birds and then we got all these super cute little jujubes and they have the prettiest bird calls and i'm just like how how did that happen someone could probably tell me um i did not bother googling it anyway <laughs> um, so yeah the southern brown kiwi uh has like three like subspecies three different forms there's the hast southern brown kiwi the fjordland and the Rakiura, that is Stewart Island. So, like, kiwi are generally nocturnal, but the Rakiura tokoweka is active during the day, and they also they also have young that help incubate subsequent clutches, like the Titi Ponamu, so they're also able to have multiple broods in a single season. So those are, like, my favourites. They're ones that I will probably be voting for this year. The way the voting works is, like, you get five votes and then you, like, rank them in order of preference. Um, I am totally open to having my feelings swayed about various birds. Titi Ponamu will definitely be on my list. I'm not getting rid of it. Um, but I am open to including some waterfowl. I don't usually pay a lot of attention to them so you know if you wanted to if you felt like swaying my feelings and my vote I'm open to that uh, if you wanted to subscribe to my Patreon that would be a really good way of influencing my votes this year um, I do have some like some special mentions of just like they're not favourites they're just birds that I feel like I should maybe talk about um, the Tui of course uh, has I think it's like it's up there for me with the kōkakō. They're kind of neck and neck in terms of their call, their bird song. It's like it's like a like hearing tui when I go outside of like I go for a walk somewhere, hearing tui calling to each other in the bush is like it's like a balm on my soul. It's just oh, it's so relaxing. And they're so pretty. Like I feel like maybe sometimes I think they're kind of like a bit basic as our birds go, just because they're everywhere, because they're, so, they're, like, they're very prolific, and they're, they're all over the place, but they're also, they're, they're so beautiful, like, their feathers have this, like, this amazing iridescence that's just, like, it's too pretty, it's just, mm, I love them, and they're little, like, they're little neck ruffs, it's like a little, just, like, poof, poofy neck feathers, oh, they're so, they're so pretty, I love them, they, they really, I feel like, it's such a shame, because, okay, we have a beer, it's called Tui. And it is the shittest beer. <laughs> it's so garbage. It's just like brown piss water. I think it's it's supposed to be like uh like an East Indian IPA or something. But it's shit. It's just it's our really like bottom of the barrel cheap ass beer. And it's so unfair that the Tui got slapped on their label and is now equated with our cheap shit beer, because they're not a cheap shit bird. <laughs> they're lush, okay? They're so fucking lush. And they look, 
Like, they just look expensive. Like, if they were a person, they would be just, like, a really, like, rich bitch expensive person. They're so, they're so pretty. I love them. Sorry, I'm just having a drink. Uh, Kiridu. Also known as Chonky Boys. Uh, these are some fat-ass sky chickens, and they have great comedic value. I would implore you <laughs> to look up, if you haven't seen haven't seen a video of it before, look up videos of Kiridu eating, especially middleberries, because they're like, they, they just, they don't, they swallow them whole, and they look so dumb when they're doing it. There's like, there's this brief moment where it looks like the, the berry's going to get stuck, and it's almost as though you can see this panic on in their eyes, like, Oh God, what have I done? This is how I end. This is how I go out. This is, this is it. I'm going to die now. And then it like goes down and they just look like so fucking smug and like pleased themselves. Like, yeah, that's the good shit. And then go in for another one. (laughs) It's just, they're so fat and I love them. Like they will gorge themselves on middleberries until they're so drunk that they can't fly properly and will just straight up fall out of trees. It's just the best. Um, there are two that come and visit my house in the summertime, and I love to watch them. But I also really love, like, love listening to their very <laughs> they have this very distinctive like womp womp sound that their wings make when they fly overhead. Like you know, without even looking that the Kiridu have arrived because their flight is is so distinctive in the sound that it makes. They're great. And they're also quite pretty. Like they're all like purpley, greeny blues and bright white. Like so they're they're a pigeon. They're a type of pigeon, but like they're way way cooler than like your average trash city pigeon. Like they're really cool. Uh Kia Kia I can't not mention them. They will <laughs> straight up rip aerials and rubber window seals off of cars. They will tear open your pack and steal all your shit. And they've even been known to rearrange road cones. They're massive dickheads, and I love them. Um, special mention for, like, specifically the little blue penguins who last year crossed the busy Wellington motorway multiple times to try to nest under a sushi truck outside the Wellington train station. Uh, This was another thing that made, like, international headlines because it was just ridiculous and adorable and very concerning, uh, but also very, very cute. And I I admire those little blue penguins so very much. Um, I actually went to a blue penguin sanctuary last year in Akaroa uh, if, you, if you're ever there, I in fact, I recommend going out of your way to go and make the trip. You can, there's like an overnight version you can do where you do like a little like guided tour thing around the peninsula and then they drop you off at this very cute little remote cabin in a secluded bay. Uh, and then at nighttime, um, like, yeah, so you can do like an overnight where you stay in this cabin and then there's like the actual penguin tour that you can just do like on its own. Like, in the evening, they'll bring a van load of people over um, because they've got, like, nesting boxes for blue penguins 
all over this hillside. Um, they've so it's it's, pri- it's privately run this sanctuary. Uh, they work with DOC, um, the Department of Conservation, uh, and whatnot to maintain this. It's a marine reserve now, and they've they've done really great work. But yeah, this this penguin tour you can go and they will show you like show you some of the boxes, like show where they're nesting, and they they have like a little rehab center. So you might if they've got any like injured penguins or like some that were maybe abandoned as babies that they're just you know helping on their last little stages of development before they can be released. Um, you might be able to see them do some feeding uh, in the rehab center. Uh, maybe might get to see some chicks, depending on the time of year. Uh, we were fortunate in that we did get to see some chicks. We also, um, we had booked in to, like, to do some kayaking the next day before we left, but on the day, it was, it was just really, really windy. So we were like, mm, is there something else that we can do? Because it's, we're going to have a shit time if we try and go kayaking in this. Uh, and they were like, well, you could just come with us on our rounds to, like, just, like, normal rounds going and checking on the penguins. And we were like, hells yes, if we get, like, more time with the penguins and, like, kind of, like, low-key private tour of the penguins, that'd be so cool. And it was. It was really awesome. We got to actually, like, help with some of the feeding and some of the note-taking. We got to see more nests. Uh, there was one of the one of the little penguins that was doing rehab at the time. They, it was, it had been, what had happened? They'd found it in, like, a, <laughs> effectively in a hole in the ground. It had... Um, kind of just wandered a bit too far from its box and got stuck in this hole in the ground and it was quite young. So that, that was one that was just, it just needed a bit of extra help developing before it was released. And so they were doing like physio with this, with this little blue penguin, which consisted of them like taking it down to the stream where there was like a little bit of a rock pool and just, just putting him in the stream so he could practice swimming and like they could check whether his feathers were like fully waterproofed and whether he was going to be ready to go out and if he was going to be a strong enough swimmer to be released. And so we just got to like watch this little baby blue penguin just hoon around in this creek and it was very, very cute. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely recommend like if you're in New Zealand, if you ever get the chance to come visit uh, sometime in the future, if that becomes viable again, um, go, yeah, going to Akaroa and doing this this little blue penguin tour is really, it was really, really cool. It was a really great time. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, special mention birds. I'm going to have it. just another little drink real quick. Jesus. Fuck me, yeah, that is really sweet. Ah. Uh, where was I up to in my list? Oh, Ruru. More pork. They're a type of owl. Partly because they're very cute, but also because they're very special in Tao Māori. Uh, so, Mokokawai, which is a traditional tattoo worn by Māori women, uh, often followed the design of a stylized Ruru, as it is the kaitiaki, or guardian, of the chin. Which is pretty cool. Uh, Kotaku, they they are not endemic. They're a, so they're a great white heron. There are populations around the world, but they're still pretty special um, here. They have they only have one single breeding site in the entire country, um, and they were almost entirely wiped out after Pākehā arrived here. Surprise! Surprise! Um, because of their their rarity and their beauty, they um 
they're really they're very highly regarded in Te Ao Māori. And, and during breeding season, they get this... Sorry, I have... I'm just burping like crazy. I'm so sorry. Um, during breeding season, they get this, like, extra fancy plumage that's, like, a very fine, delicate lace that's just exquisite. It's... I, I mean, I've not seen any other... Anything else like it. It's just it's so, so beautiful. Um, I had a story about them that one of my teachers at high school told us. I don't think... I'm not going to... No, I'm not going to tell that story. I... Uh, for one thing, I, I'm not 100% certain that it actually was about Kotsuku. But also, I've not... Like, I, I've tried so many times to, like, Google this, and I can't find any version of this story anywhere um so i don't know like i, I like i don't want to like mess up the story uh i i think i need to like talk to some people and, and like verify this um that before i like go sharing that um it's a shame it's a really cool story but i will maybe maybe i'll revisit it one day i don't know I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to find out <laughs> if the, the actual finer details, but whether I actually share it here is another thing. Uh, and finally, I think the last bird I'm going to mention is the piwaka waka or piwaiwaka or hiwaiwaka or tiraraka or tiwaka waka. It's got so many names. Um, <clears throat> gets a pretty bad rap as like a harbinger of death, which I think is a little unfair. Uh, also, aside from that, they're very, very cute, and and I really love seeing them. They make me a little bit happy. Uh, I think I think that's probably enough of me talking about about burbs. I can't think of any others off the top of my head to talk about. I'm not going to get into like harsh eagles or more. Just like as cool as they are, they're both extinct, and 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 it turns out I've actually like finished my wine. There was there was not as much there as I thought there was. Um, so I need to go and eat something. Uh, I will do a couple of quick plugs before I sign off. Firstly, if you really like burbs, you should go and follow my friend Hannah Shand on Instagram. Uh, she draws incredible portraits of native New Zealand birds. Um, the, the detail in her work is just phenomenal. And she has a, a remarkable talent for for translating the unique characters of these birds to ink and paper. Like, her work just consistently blows me away. Um, so you should definitely go and give her a follow if you like burbs or if you like good art. Uh, her handle is at Hannah Shand Art. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-S-H-A-N-D-A-R-T. All lowercase, all one word, at Hannah Shand Art. Uh, secondly... If you would like to listen to someone who plans their podcasts a little bit better and who actually knows way more about birds than me, which is not that hard, you should go and check out the History of Aotearoa New Zealand podcast. Uh, Thomas actually works in conservation and I'm pretty certain he's putting out a Bird of the Year episode. So you should go and listen to his podcast <laughs> and you can follow him on Twitter at History Aotearoa, that's at capital H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, capital A-O-T-E-A-R-O-A. And yeah, 
that's that's like half an hour of me talking about birds. I think that's more than enough. Um, try to take care of yourselves this afternoon and this evening and in the immediate future. Uh, regular broadcasting will resume with the next episode. Bye!